0: Uh, the band is back together. New World Order give us our intro music to, too on the sweet. turnbuckle, too sweet. On the turnbuckle here on www.mypodcasthouse.com. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. Well, she, g'day to you. G'day, Tony. How are you? I'm fantastic, mate. And uh, your band of merry thieves over that side there. Yes, yes. Well, Lyle's in Lyle's in the studio. Yes, he is. Yes, I'm uh,
2: always in the studio.
0: Good though. to see you. You are. Yeah. This guy isn't, but it's good to see him. Jay. Hello.
2: Hello. Um, I'm here. Uh, it should be um, Brock Lesnar appearances versus my appearances on this. I think, I think Brock's, Brock's ahead. ahead. Yeah, he probably is. he? Cover, I yeah. want to. I want to it. That's yeah. my next goal. Life.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, we should mention that uh, NWO was our intro song. Uh, really unfortunate. Bret Hart. Oh, that broke my. I
3: heart. don't think it's unfortunate. But I'm not really a Bret Hart guy. But interesting that the NWO got more votes than we've had total in any of our polls. So wow. it really holds a special place to people.
4: Oh, it does. It holds a special place in my heart. But I really, we
0: had some like celebrity votes. Celebrity votes.
3: Yes, I know. I know.
0: One of those celebrities voted was uh, Slade Mercer and a lot of great feedback about his interview last week.
3: It was a great interview. I really enjoyed the chat with Slade and um, I've already sort of started teeing him up to get him back at some stage so that we can continue.
4: Yeah, we just scratched the surface with him. I think there's plenty more there.
0: I think you might be right. All right, well, we've got another great interview to go. So I'm going to step out of my seat, boys. I'll let you
3: guys conduct this one. Uh, over to you, Welshy. Thanks, Tony. And we're joined in the studio. We've got a great guest this week. He is commentating everywhere at the moment. I'm
1: trying to get everywhere. I mean, I kind of like the irony. Wait for that... me to... Oh, I'm sorry, you. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm come just on, you're eager. I'm excited. I don't get to talk about myself that often. <laughs> we're joined by Lord Andy Coyne. Ha-ha! Welcome. No, you're very welcome. But yes, um, I try to commentate everywhere. I just kind of like the secret irony that this British guy's come over and he's taken all the commentary jobs. Well, we brought out Champagne
3: thinking that you were a classy
1: individual. I am classy. <laughs> this is very nice. And I gather that Mark wasn't treated to the show. Champagne treatment, so right. it's it's nice to know I got that one little thing over him for once.
3: Well, there's so much I wanted to cover with you today. I don't um, I don't know where to start to be honest. Lyle's usually our uh, interview commensurer. Uh,
4: firstly, I want to start. Thanks for coming to Australia.
1: Oh no, you're very, you're all very welcome.
4: <laughs>
1: uh, I think that's the champagne talking. I say I've I only shouldn't. had one
4: glass. Now. I... When you're in the UK looking back now and where the Aussie wrestling boom is going, can you see the similarities... Oh, def- early
1: on? It definitely. In fact, I've, I've had this conversation with several people. I think I remember specifically having it one time with the MCW promoter Mikey J. And it's interesting because I kind of feel like I'm very fortunate in that I've somehow captured lightning in a bottle twice. Um, when I started off in the UK scene, I was a commentator for a promotion, which at the time, arguably, was considered one of the best, if not the best, at that point in time. Um, it was a group called the FWA. And It was interesting because we were definitely at that stage where it's like something's going to happen. We're not quite sure when it's going to happen, but the audiences were starting to get a little bit bigger. Internationals were coming over. We were starting to get a little bit of recognition. And what I like is that, you know, like 10 to 15 years later, I'm now in Australia and the, I can see the similarities, I can see where things are just lining up perfectly, and it's almost like I'm seeing the future, or I've seen the future, because to be honest, I reckon in five years' time, there's no reason why the Australian scene cannot be like it is in England right now. There's definitely that momentum, because when I started with MCW, I think we were getting 300 people, odd, so... And, of course, now we've got, you know, Kazuchika Okada coming over. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, coming over. And now we're, like, we're drawing 700. And I'll tell you one thing. If that building could have fit more people in, we would have got more people in. And, of course, even outside of MCW... World Series Wrestling, which we were talking about just before the show, you know, you know, a lot of credit to them because at the moment they're doing tours every three months and they're doing like four to five shows every time they come over, and they're packing the buildings in, and I, it's great. There's so many promotions that are really enjoying the success of the Australian wrestling scene, and also PWA, who got that incredible draw. In progress came over as well. Like yeah. I think it was over a thousand people, yeah, really and cool. you Isn't know the what? Wonderful.
4: Well? That's, when you hear. Uh, independent wrestling in Australia at the Starkers Casino, mm. it sound, probably would have sounded outrageous eight, uh, even just 18 months ago. Yeah. Where now you know, we get the New Japan tours, which you know, we'll touch on your involvement. But so we can just credit you. So yeah. where are you going to? No, no, Australia <laughs> explodes, what's <laughs> the country I, I do jokingly
1: thing? say every time um, MCW or enjoys a milestone, I can kind of go, yeah, that happened, you know, coincidentally, just as I joined, what a coincidence. <laughs> but no, of, of course, I think, I think one thing that MCW does particularly well is the fact that they've got all the right people in the right areas. I think they're very fortunate to have somebody like Mikey J, who, you know, is, is such a phenomenal editor um, and a sort of a visionary for his products. They've obviously got backstage Chris Fresh, who, you know, creatively is very, very strong and has really helped that brand as well. And like I say, all the right people happen to be there. And it's growing. And as long as a promotion picks the people who are right for their promotion, the promotion will grow. Because conversely, I've also been involved with Underworld, and they're going with a completely different flavor. And therefore, they they have different people involved as well. And I think as long as each promotion strives to be the best thing that they can be, they will grow and they will improve.
2: Um, Andy, is there a... um some similarities and differences between um, the British wrestling and Australia. Is there something that you think Australia's kind
1: of uh, having as their own in the wrestling scene? Yeah, definitely do. I think the one thing I find very interesting when I've seen the British scene evolve is... I think the one thing that really helped them was that they developed their own identity. I noticed this because I kind of took a break from the British wrestling scene. And then I started paying attention to it again. And it was like night and day. Then uh, a lot of them have now sort of really involved themselves almost to some degree the stereotype of what it is to be a British wrestler and yeah. like a lot of them are much much harder edged now and a bit grittier you know they're like east uh, east end gangsters and things like that and if you listen if you watch the WWE UK shows you know and they kind of do I remember when they did the Cruiserweight show and they asked them oh yeah you know I was living in a cardboard box and I worked really hard you watch the WWE UK show and they interview them like yeah I was 14 I went into a pub and I knocked out 10 guys with a pint glass then I finished my beer and then I went on home with my wife you know it's like night and day they've got that identity i think as an as an englishman in australia the one thing i've noticed is that one thing that the australians are definitely proud of and that's their athleticism um i think people's attitudes over here to diet and fitness is absolutely phenomenal and i think that's something that's really gonna help them you know, carve out their own identity. I mean, probably one of the best, physically looking, one of the best wrestlers over here, unfortunately he's gone over to Florida, was Elliot Sexton. You know, the, the guy looks like an absolute Greek god. But then there's obviously guys who, are, you know, JXT's another guy who's really worked hard on his physique. I remember when I first met him, he looked like your your average indie wrestler, but now he just looks absolutely phenomenal. And it's not just in the aesthetics, it's also what they do in the ring as well. You know, recently somebody was talking to me about, you know, do you think there are as many good wrestlers over here as there are in the UK at the moment? And at first I wasn't sure, but then I realized because all these amazing wrestlers are spread out so far in all the different states, I remember basically I was doing the geeky thing. I was basically trying to draw up a fantasy tournament and I thought, can I find 16 guys that I'd have in my fantasy tour? I realized I got to 32 people really quickly <laughs> and I yeah. still had loads spare. And I think we really are at a point where not only is there such a plethora of amazing athletes, and I say athletes because they really are athletes, there's also a load of guys right behind them who are going to get to that stage at some point. And I think it's inevitable. The scene and the quality is just going to continue to grow. And then when it gets to that level where we're just undeniably the best in the world, I think that's when people will really take notice of Australia, if not already.
3: Well, you've got to add New Zealand in as well, because the UK yeah, that's, obviously yeah, sure. um, is encompassing four countries. Mm-hmm. And when you add the New Zealand and the Australian wrestlers and you look at the Battle of Los Angeles coming up, um, I think we've
1: got about, between us, four or five wrestlers in Mm. that tournament, which
3: is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing I've enjoyed um, being a part of MCW when I joined the Australian wrestling scene, or the Australasian wrestling scene, as I like to say on commentary, because you're right, it is about New Zealand as well, is there are so many guys I met and I've watched one or two of the match think, they've got a lot of potential. And now they're enjoying the spoils. I mean, I remember when I met, um, Travis Banks and think, well, this guy's really good. Now he's the pro, well, he's the progress champion and he made it all the way to the finals of a WWE UK tournament. Adam Brooks, who's probably, but don't tell him this, one of my favorite wrestlers. He's making strides in the UK. I couldn't be happier for that guy. And I was going to say, and Jonah Rock, of course, making massive waves all over the world. Um, and it's great because you meet these guys and then you're so happy for them. When they make their success, and I think the one thing that makes me really happy is it's actually the guys who I believe have truly deserved it, and the ladies getting these opportunities. Yes, indeed, of course. Uh, Especially
4: for riches with the well, you look at the
1: wrestlers. the
3: female wrestlers um, are almost most likely to make it if you look at statistically, mm. because Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley are ready to go; they're in the system. Yep, um, you've got two on the main roster, one who just left the main roster. Uh, and there's three or four other
1: ladies who I think are, are ready now. It's interesting. One thing I've noticed is that there's there seems to be like generations of female wrestlers who, who sort of steadily come in. Um, I remember when I first came in, you know, they, they sort of come in and I think, you know, Peyton Royce, for example, was obviously hired by... Um, obviously hired by wwe tony storm went over to the uk so there's this period where you see all these great female wrestlers and then some disappear to do their own thing outside of australia and you think oh wow this is really going to hurt the scene but then another generation comes in and i think it's very exciting because it seems like there is this very steady flow of female talent that's coming in
2: and i think it's really great for our industry where we see um, where people that are into WWE get to see this is where they've come from, and this is a, a link the product I think there in a in a positive way.
3: Mm. It's a large part of why we started the podcast is to try and speak to WWE viewers and 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 tell them that we got this fantastic product, which is producing um, <coughs> WWE wrestlers and New Japan wrestlers.
1: Yep. Get out there and see it and support it, and obviously you get the best seat in the house. I think i've <laughs> i've always tried to have the best seat in the house i actually started off as a referee and you know i started refereeing at that time when more internationals were coming to the united kingdom and you know when you're sort of uh, refereeing matches such as christopher daniels versus jerry lynn and sort of doug williams taking on supernova from ecw and things like this you know it's it's just incredible at the time i was training to become a wrestler and i'll tell you one thing that is one of the best educations you can ever get so i think if there's any wrestlers who think that being a referee is a step down man they should absolutely go for it because you're going to write in the best seat to see how these men communicate within the ring
3: well. Um, Chris Trance was talking when he was in the studio mm-hmm. that he was in Japan wrestling on a tour and one of those wrestlers wasn't quite good enough and he now is a referee in NXT. So
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's definitely a great place. I think um, one thing that people should definitely do in the wrestling business is look for all opportunities. I mean, I often get asked by people, how do I become a commentator? And that's a really hard question to answer because it's not as easy as to kind of go, right, I'm going to be a commentator and this is the path I'm going to take. Usually the best way is get involved in wrestling, whether it's at the merchandise desk or whether you want to start training, for example. And then you see these opportunities. You don't know when these opportunities are coming to come up, but when you see them, whether it's as a referee or whether it is to somehow get a little bit closer, I mean, you should take those opportunities. And again, as you said, in this case, a gentleman obviously started off as a wrestler, made his way to become a referee, and is now hired by the WWE. Yes, and obviously I'm
3: also a wrestling commentator. I had my one wrestling commentary gig
1: <laughs> back at the
3: Dragonfly restaurant. How did you find it? I got told that I suck Oh <laughs> by the whole crowd in you know, a chant, which was... Was it, oh, uh,
1: is this like live commentary over the years? Yes, oh. it was live commentary. <laughs> and That's the uh, worst.
3: It was back in the day, and I hadn't been to one of the shows before. It was like I was filling in for Tony, who yep. was the commentator, on a regular basis. And we got up on the... On, we had to play the music, and none of the wrestlers brought their own music back in those days. So you beatboxing in the Well, microphone. I had to use my CD selection and...
1: It wasn't heavy enough, <laughs> evidently, for some of the wrestlers. Your pan mood CD just wasn't kicking it with the audience. No, my bubblegum pop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's nice. Uh, it Jonah Rock coming in. out to bubblegum pop. That'd be amazing visual.
3: <laughs> yes, and but I, I did get a real appreciation for how difficult your job actually is. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, because I... I could probably do colour. I could definitely not do
1: play-by-play. It's interesting. When I started, um, I sort of started off as colour, and I hated it. Um, it was a kind of a case. I think I was the lesser of two evils when it came to that opportunity. I definitely prefer play-by-play. I think, I, I think this is it. It's not just a case of you are a good commentator. I think it's a case of you're good in a certain aspect and understanding what that aspect is that you're so good at um, in the commentary booth. And then you've obviously got to coexist with the person that you're in with. And I generally believe the best co-commentator I've ever had was um, Travis Houston when I first started with MCW, mainly because I was this analytical British guy and he was this massively overexcitable Australian fan. And it, and I don't mean in a derogatory way, because the one thing that it's one of the hardest things for a commentator to do is to show genuine enthusiasm. All the way through. There's nothing that hurts my heart more when I listen to a YouTube video. It's like, oh, this is an old match of like Kevin Owens taking on Shinsuke Nakamura. Let's go watch this. And the commentators are saying, yeah. oh, he just kicked him in the head. Well, it's just wonderful because it completely ruins yeah. all the enthusiasm when you're watching that video.
4: Yeah, it's a big part, a big part of the match, especially if you're, yeah, watching on the screen. Mm. You, you need that, the background. Um, how, how do you feel when you got to steer? Like the storyline or push the viewers in a certain way does that is that
1: tough or it can be. Um, before the show, we do try and obviously speak to the wrestlers. We try to get uh, some direction as to what storyline they're trying to do. Problem is, by the time we ask them, some t- some, because obviously some wrestlers have thought about this match long and hard for sleepless months. And they can say, right, when I do this, I want you to highlight this. When I do that, and you'd write it go, This is good stuff. And you're writing it down. It's fantastic. Um, but then there's other people. And Shaz McKenzie is incredibly guilty of this. And I go, Shaz. Is there anything you want me to get over in your match? Just tell him I'm good. He just shrugs his <laughs> shoulders. And it's like, so is there any, anything going on in your match? Nah, nah. And then you watch the match and it's like, clearly there was. And she held out on me. Shame on her. Um, but it, it can be hard. And the thing is, is that sometimes you've kind of got to watch it with that analytical mind. And you've kind of got to go okay, they're attacking the leg now. Why are they attacking the leg? What is the reason for this? Are they trying to eliminate the finisher? Are they trying to work on it for their own submission hold? Is it something seemingly unrelated? And sometimes you start going down that path and you get it completely wrong. And it's better to know what the reason is because, again, it's that assisted storyline. There's this idea of... I know it's got a technical name but the idea of the of the gun and the idea is if you see a gun you need to see the gun being shot off otherwise it makes no narrative sense why that gun is in that scene in the same time and there's nothing you want there's nothing worse than when you say oh he's working on this because he's going to do this and then there's no hint of it whatsoever so you've got to take storyline that you're telling you know very seriously you've got to communicate that to the audience but at the same time you can't give anything away yeah, either yeah, yeah. it's a very careful balance you've got to make definitely
2: and that's all part of a good match isn't it at telling a story and mm. the best wrestlers are the guys that tell the story and why we resent perhaps or don't enjoy wrestlers that just have a real uh predictable finish and um yeah i think it's it's all part of telling that narrative yeah definitely Do you
3: like to know who's going over when you're commentating, or do you prefer to be surprised?
1: Generally, yes, but there have been times where I've specifically requested not to know. Um, The reason being is because I need to know the ending, A, because I need to make sure I'm telling the right story on commentary leading up to that point, but in addition to that, it's like I don't want to allude to something that may or may not happen, especially if the finish is so crucial to it. But at the same time, look, I'm a fan deep down and sometimes a match has been so well built up, there's a part of me that wants to watch that match as a fan, and I will make a judgment call as to whether it's worth me knowing or not. Because sometimes the best reaction you can give is the one that literally you didn't see coming.
3: With something like a ballroom brawl, yep. do you like to know the result of that, or do you really... Because anyone can win that. I mean, probably four or five guys can win that. <laughs> and But but this year's obviously, was telling a real story that had been going on for
1: months. Like I say, we have probably one of the best storytellers in MCW, in my opinion. Um, and at the end of the day, there are going to be times where I can say, hey, I don't want to know the winner. But then there's going to be times where I'm pulled to one side and went, this is what we want you to say. Yeah. Don't get it wrong. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> so they will tell you because it is important, not only for that particular show, but for the next show and for the next several months of storytelling that's coming down the line. Ballroom Brawl. At the end of the day, the guy who wins Ballroom Brawl gets an MCW championship shot at any time he chooses within the next year. And thus, you know, yeah, I kind of got to know because that story is so crucial. And get your tickets for that one. Indeed. selling out. Well, boring, and Bro, I think the next one is next year. So no, you don't think, have to worry about that I'm one. But... about the title shot. The title <laughs> shot. <laughs> Indeed, yes. MCW99JXT goes head-to-head with Gino Gambino, the former Mr. Juicy in that slime bag. Sebastian Walker will be there. Go to au for tickets and information or go to their social medias. I have, I have mine, definitely, because my favorite wrestler is wrestling <laughs> against Tenniel Dashwood. Ah, I do see you wearing the Indy Hartwell shirt. I thought you were going to mention her earlier when we were talking about the female talent. I remember when she first came out, I hadn't seen her wrestle before, but I just turned around to my co-commentator and went, wow, she looks like a star. You know, She's a star. She is. She's got everything. If she keeps going the way she's going, you know, she's going to be absolutely massive, definitely.
4: Now you just touched on uh, who's in Gino's corner, MCW. Sebastian
1: Walker, yeah. yes.
4: <laughs> Set beside you for a while there. It I'm did, sure we had a, a,
1: a three-man booth. Yeah. I have to admit, I was a bit nervous about that. Um, I think we were going to do the three-man booth a little earlier, um, but I was a little concerned, so, you know, we spoke and we did have it put off from us. Because I'm sure everyone's watched Raw and Smackdown and people go, oh my god, what's going on with this three-man table? They <laughs> had a four-man table on Smackdown oh, for a Yeah, that's true. Nah, um, Byron Saxton
2: adds, <laughs> he adds a lot to it. <laughs>
1: but, I think the thing that helps is that myself, Lindsay Howarth and Sebastian Walker, we're individuals who want to make the product the best it can be. And as a result, we're not the sorts of individuals who are going to stomp all over each other. You know, in my opinion, you know, I used to not cringe, that's a bit harsh, but listening to JBL, he seemed like the kind of commentator who could just trample over several people. Kind of human being, perhaps, that could just (laughs) trample over people. But at the end of the day, uh, in all fairness, I mean, I think a lot of people would instinctively do that as well. I think the reason it worked for us, and I feel that it did work, is because we had kind of clear roles. There was one person and leading the the sort of the action, the storytelling, somebody to back that person up, and then Sebastian Walker just sort of biding his time, waiting for that right moment to say something. And I have to say, actually, although he is a slime bag and, you know, he did turn Mr. Juicy to the dark side, at the end of the day, I actually think Sebastian Walker is a phenomenal commentator, and I'm glad I actually got the opportunity to commentate with him.
3: And uh, somewhere that you're probably not as excited about getting the opportunity to commentate would be where you're being forced to commentate at the moment. Um, and I've been told by
1: Lord Mark Williamson that I have to um, ask you about Underworld Wrestling. What, what exactly has he got hanging over your head? He seems to have something hanging over everybody's head these days. I don't, I don't want to talk okay, about Okay, that's fine, I don't want that's fine, about. that's fine. I mean, yeah, so essentially, look, not, not, not a lot of people know this because he doesn't want to be in the limelight, but I have a twin brother, Rudy, and I love Rudy. He's a pain in my freaking ass at the same time. And he's disappeared for ages. I had no idea where he was. And it turns out that Mark Williamson has invited him to these underground fight clubs and has made him this sort of poster fan. Um, I went to obviously ring announce at Underworld Wrestling. I saw him in the back of the hallway. I went to try and catch him later. It turns out he'd already gone onto the bus and he was gone. Look, Rudy needs to come home. Rudy is a recovering alcoholic and Mark Williamson is applying him with so much free liquor, it's untrue. And I was promised if I commentated and ring announced at the first Underworld show, I would get to see Rudy and hopefully encourage him to come home. But now Mark has said I've got to go do the next show, which is on August 16th. And I'm actually pretty angry about it. So you know what? Like I say, I hope fans listen to me and say, you know, don't go to Underworld Wrestling 2 on August 16th in Elwood because at the end of the day, Mark Williamson is portraying the wrestling product as this dark, vicious night of wrestling. And you know what? I don't care if there's discount booze. I don't care if there's loads of fried chicken. I really think people should rise above it and support something more wholesome.
2: The fried chicken is pretty good.
1: Don't encourage. Uh, don't, don't, on, don't talk man, about I the love fried love chicken. It. Hey, we're talking about my brother here. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. It's
1: distasteful. Uh, Mark, Mark would argue that you did see your brother. Well, technically... Technically, I saw him, but I need to speak to him.
2: And I don't understand how the fried chicken's distasteful. It's really tasteful.
1: Well, yeah, in in the right circumstance, but when you're eating that fried chicken and you're in the dark and the gloom of the underworld... At least he was eating the fried chicken and he stopped for a couple of
3: minutes from trying to get himself over in the crowd, so... Yeah. Let's thank ourselves for small graces. Good, good, good. (laughs) Um, So... Obviously, you've had the opportunity to call matches yep. uh, in involving everybody, just about. Yes. Uh, especially from the UK mm-hmm. and our guys. And this is going to be probably the hardest question you'll have to answer, but yep. <laughs> what, what's probably your top
1: three matches that you've called? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I think when it comes to... Oh, that's interesting. I think the the, the first one that immediately comes to mind is when Carlo Cashmoney Cannon finally won the MCW Heavyweight Championship from Iron Mike Peterson. Um, I, there was something very special going on that night. So just to give a little bit of a backstory of this, Carlo Cannon the previous year had just won ballroom brawl and he was made forced to wait one whole year for the following ballroom brawl to finally cash in that shot. And he finally got his hands on Mike Peterson. He had this underdog fiery champion going up against Mike Peterson. I don't know if you see Mike Peterson. He's probably one of the most intimidating men you have ever seen in your life. And the crowd was just a buzz to finally see this hero over come all the odds and win the championship Uh, coming obviously much more recently obviously things are getting very exciting at the moment in mcw especially with some of the amazing guests that we had i i I nearly said sadly but i missed the opportunity to commentate on will osprey versus adam brooks um, because i was actually on my honeymoon at the time which is why i've not said sadly. sadly however my wife did ask me on the last day of our honeymoon what are you doing? And I'm refreshing the results from the ballroom brawl event that's going on. I got to miss that, but the following contest, which was the three-way, Will Ospreay, Adam Brooks, Robbie Eagles, a phenomenal match. I think it went somewhere, a region of about 45 minutes, and these guys did not let up. And to see someone like Will Ospreay just compete with your own eyes. The guy is a phenomenal athlete. But I think the thing that I'm really proud of is that both Adam Brooks and Robbie Eagles kept up with him and got truly proved But at the end of the day, the Australian wrestlers can keep up with the best that the UK has to offer. And I I gather that that match helped both of them massively with their reputations abroad. And so I I, I like the fact that I got to commentate on a match that really helped these two men really take the next step in their career. And then finally, oh my God, the Akada match versus Slex, What a phenomenal match to ring announce. And then obviously go on to commentate on as well. Um, if you look at some of the videos of when a card is coming to the ring, look at me. I'm so nervous. I don't tend to get nervous, but I'm so nervous and I keep looking down at my little card because I've spelt his name out phonetically and I've had everyone tell me don't get this wrong, Andrew. And it's like, <laughs> and I think I had Mr. Juice's voice in my head going, don't get this wrong, Andrew, over and over again. And I, thankfully, I got it right. At least I think I got it 95% correct. Um, there's a lot of diehard New Japan fans in the MCW family, so they were watching me very closely. But my goodness, to, to have the IWGP heavyweight champion in that building competing against Slex. And I think, again... For Slex, this was so phenomenal. Slex really took a step up leading up into this contest, just in his presentation, just in his actual athleticism. And I think, once again, I think Slex has taken that big step up in his career, and I see massive things for him, not only in Australia, but if he chooses to, abroad as well. well he's
3: close. Slex would be close to Lyle's favourite worker in the world. Yeah, at the well,
4: moment. at the minute, like I, I've touched on on a previous podcast, yep. I think his last 12 months. Um, Stolen the card on ninety percent of the cards. uh, Stolen the show on ninety percent of the cards he's been on. Just and that's working with an array of talent. So, oh yeah, absolutely. I think he's raised his game, and it's. I don't think it's far till he's going to get that in it. International recognition. Yeah, it's which phenomenal. Is, yeah. he so deserves.
1: It's phenomenal. He he was he he had the MCW Tag Team Championship, and when he lost that, he decided to take some time off, and he came back as one of the best workers in Australia today. So yeah, absolutely, hats off to him. Um, I think there was um, I I think when the match with him versus ricardo was first announced, I think a lot of people were concerned, thinking, you know, is he the right opponent? But on the night, he proved he definitely was.
4: Yeah, I've watched that on tape because uh, I was there the night it got announced.
1: Yep. Ha! Oh, uh, that was one of the most liked and yeah, shared was, videos on Facebook God, and for MCW. The, just the moment. feeling
4: in the crowd and go you know, for myself. Yeah, I had
1: goosebumps. So I had
4: this enormous high. Yep. And then the realisation that I was going on a an American trip while that match would take place. I had to watch it on...
3: It's very similar to me missing... I'm going to miss NIDA because I'm going to be overseas as well. Yeah, sure.
4: so... Oh, I missed that live, which I think would have uh, would have made it more enjoyable. But, uh, oh, it transfers to uh, CW on, on call. Cool. Yeah, the commentary
1: yeah. really does it help. Does. It does help, does yeah. Unfortunate like, for the people like, watching live. Who, what is an IWGP? <laughs> <type>? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah
4: like. no, that's right. But with um, you being on your honeymoon, so congratulations.
1: Thank you very much. Um, it's uh, I have it engraved on the inside of my ring the date. It's 22nd of July, so... Oh, uh, is that the date
3: of the match or the date... Oh. Of the wedding. Oh, the wedding. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> while you were on your
4: honeymoon, yep. I was in the building for the Adam Brooks-Will Osprey match, and I can honestly say it made me openly cry. It was yep. that special.
1: Yeah, it, what made, they it, made, did. it made the filling commentators openly swear a lot as well. <laughs> yeah, like...
4: it, was, uh, <laughs> it was an amazing night. There was a, a gentleman in front of me, and he was a blubbering mess Yeah, uh, between the last ten minutes of the match. they, The story they told and how... How, um, Yeah, they just took us on that roller coaster ride. It was, it was amazing, but I hope you had a good honeymoon. I, I had a wonderful <laughs> honeymoon.
3: Um, anyway, well, I'm getting the wind-up from Tony over in the corner, so <laughs> thank you
1: so much for joining us. It's, no, you guys are we very welcome. We could talk for an hour
3: and a half, I think. Uh, easy. Yeah, yeah, easy. Only scratch the surface.
1: I was going to say, guys, thank you very much for having me, and really appreciate it, and I love what you're doing with the show. Uh,
4: thank you very thank much. You're very much.
1: welcome. Well, it's time! It's time! It's
0: It's Vader time as we head into the second part of our program and the unfortunate reason for that song being played as our lead into the second half is of course uh, Vader passing away during the week, boys. Your thoughts on his impact on the world of wrestling?
4: Uh, yeah, very unfortunate, Tony, but uh, if we're going to look back at his career, I think he's one of the clearly in the top five best big men, very athletic, uh, probably transformed the role a little bit, You know, but first thing I think about is probably his eye popping out in Japan mm. of the socket and him pushing it back in in a match versus Stan Hansen.
0: That happened to my mum's uh, shih tzu once. Who against it? Dan Hansen, no, no. Yes, that's <laughs> It's it. got a bite on the neck by another dog, and its eye actually popped out of the socket.
3: And Vader popped it back in. That's awesome. Obviously, Vader, a lot of what we see from big guys now uh, was first done by probably him and Bam Bam Bigelow. Yep. Yeah. Um, so obviously, they've had a great effect on wrestling. Uh, unfortunately, in Australia, the best of his work was done in uh, WCW, NWA, and New Japan, Back in the day, which we didn't have a lot of access to, no. but yeah, a, a great name and a great, a great big guy, as you said.
2: Yep, absolutely. Echoing in the sentiments, it's a big loss for the wrestling community.
0: Yep. Rest in peace, Vader. Uh, World Series Wrestling recap, boys. You guys attended last week. What'd you think? Well, Lyle, you went to both nights.
4: Yeah, I went to both nights. Uh, traveled. All- all the way at the Tree Gully, which is a fair height, but well worth it. From uh, your house it is. Well, yeah, I think it's about an hour and a half each way. Uh, yeah, the Friday night, great show. Uh, on the back of their last tour, which was three months ago, four months ago. But leading into the Saturday night, Saturday night was...
3: Really, really good. Well, I feel like we're experts because we were actually asked to do an interview on another podcast.
4: Yeah, it seems like we're ah. rehash- we're rehashing the recap because we've already Hent- done this.
3: Hence the reason of the champagne, in the studio boys, you celebrating, so, you, you, you found f- our own success. Yes. Yep. Drinking our own bathwater. That's I'm what, not- That's what's in the glasses. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I, w- I was actually really lucky because the show was sold out, and Lyle sent me a text on Friday night saying. They've released 20 more tickets. So I um, managed to get onto the promoter and get a seat. And when I walked in, they just go, just take one of the red seats in the corner. So I did. And I was sitting next to Melissa Santos, who's the ring announcer for uh, Lucha Underground, but also for uh, World Series Wrestling. Uh, and what an, it was an amazing experience because she was giving me a lot of information about what's going on. Obviously, her partner is Brian Cage, who was in the title match that night, and I, I just—it was a great experience. Uh, Brian versus Johnny Impact was a really well-worked match. You can tell that they're really good friends because they—they they make magic together. They know what each other are going to do, and it was a really good, fun match. Uh, Johnny Impact got a new name from the crowd.
4: Well. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if he's actually called Johnny Impact in Australia, uh, as the crowd did christen him with his several different nicknames. He or stage names, if you want to call
3: them, Johnny names. Mundo, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Superstar, John Morrison, Johnny,
4: and then uh, we've the Australian audience here. Uh, how we like to have a bit of fun, we call him uh, Johnny Something, which he did call back after the match. He wouldn't be anywhere without he fans. He said,
3: "I wouldn't be anything. I wouldn't be Johnny Something without the fans." But there was um, some other great matches that night. Uh, I've, I'd be, I'd be uh, really derelict in duty if I didn't mention Jonah Rock versus Jack Saber Junior.
4: Are they some of the loudest chops in? Uh...
3: Jonah was hitting him so hard.
4: He died on every occasion too. <laughs> I had to turn
3: away a couple of times. <laughs>
4: yeah, that was a hard
3: hitting match. And uh, the moonsault that the moonsault off a rickety.
4: Oh, by Hangman, Ka- Hangman Page. Well, you know, he's got a death wish. Uh, jumping off something like that was probably held together by balsa wood. And <laughs> a
3: sticky tape, I believe. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, and he's a 100-kilo man. And clag. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was just held together by sheer enthusiasm by the end of it. But he pulled it off.
3: It was well, a really good night because you had uh, some of the best workers in uh, in the in, on the independent scene in the world. Who In the world? In the world, wrestling against some of Australia's best wrestlers and who who all held their own and then you had a couple of comedy spots Joey, Joey Ryan the crowd love him yeah. they absolutely love him
4: was it about 10 minutes before the bell actually rang while and he, got he was oiling team?
3: up his teammate oiling up himself oiling up the referee yep. he tried to oil up the Philippe brothers
4: he oiled up the ring canvas
3: which tripped slipped the Philippe the Philippe brothers I want to give credit to as well they really played their role like they're usually not in such a comedy role and you can be uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't in that role, but they embraced it and they played a really big part in the crowd's enjoyment.
4: Yeah, no, they, they, they definitely played it well. Uh, yeah, look, the, the comedy spots, they didn't look out of place in that kind of match. And touch on, don't want to forget about Concrete Davidson. Held his own too, right beside Joe Ryan. He's an
0: extremely talented worker. I'll tell you what I'm not embracing, the fact that you've worn that T-shirt two weeks in a row.
3: I washed it. What's his favourite wrestler tone. What are you doing? And who's to say it's the same T-shirt? The Indy Hartwell Training... Well, I'm too many have got two Indy Hartwell Training School T-shirts. Oh, uh, You're tipping wrong. Yes. Oh, really? I buy one every week that I go see you. <laughs> I have seven now.
0: Hey, boys, we should also speak about the fact that uh, a couple of the WWE superstars have been out in the past few days right around Australia promoting uh, the sale of tickets which go on sale today, Thursday.
2: Wearing their um, uh, football club jumpers yes and Um, now
0: you must be praised my friend for doing the work that you've done on the turnbuckle facebook page and putting some of these WWE superstars in different clubs. There's just been some amazing work being done by you.
2: To be honest, that's why I went in that direction about the AJ Styles wearing a um, Collingwood jumper. I wanted to get that praise. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, Scott Steiner at Essendon was... I've got a few others, but I feel like I just can't top the that one. Heard, so. The James so. Heard
0: badge I thought it was just... The, the James, Bird, yeah. yeah. James Heard badge topped it off.
2: Yeah, that just that just said yeah yeah, it's all worth yeah. it. And up, self-explanatory too. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. fortunate was enough
0: to see uh, AJ Styles and Carmella walking in the hallway. Is oh, so w- you've got an interview? No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't have my phone with me, but yeah. they were heading into the Triple <laughs> M box. I think or the SEN box. Could have been the SEN box actually, because I saw Derm and uh and Danny uh, Frawley have a
3: photo with them. But they're not. Uh, AJ Styles is a lot shorter than I thought. Um, guys, I think we will get Dermy on next week, and he can tell us about meeting. Yeah, well, well, obviously yeah, for sure. Obviously, Tony didn't care enough to go and talk to them.
0: Well, uh, No, nah, well, they didn't want to invade their space. Who doesn't have their phone on them? I, I, I don't going, know. I was going to the toilet. I didn't need my phone. That's
4: when you need it the That's most. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> it's a very yeah, long time, a
3: very is. lonely existence without a phone in the yeah. toilet.
0: Speaking of, uh, so the, the feeling, boys, in regards to ticket sales, uh, all the pre-sale tickets went really well. There was only a few left
3: there. Yeah, and um, the MCC pre-sale was today and the uh, Tej Dainty was yeah. today as well yeah. so um, I paid more than I wanted for my ticket, I know that
4: and uh, I, I paid $35 for mine and what? We, we can really? edit in what I really paid after my
2: wife listens ok yeah. <laughs> My brother's shouting me my ticket, so thank you, Charlotte. There oh, we go. $1,900 $1, tickets. That, that's all paid for now. Um, we're oh, even. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, yeah. Shout out on the podcast. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We're all good now.
0: Been a big week for uh, WWE
3: and uh, talks through the UK tournament, boys. So I've only seen half of the last show because uh, conveniently my internet has been down all week well, are you on Optus Incredible. or something I, I am on Optus <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. it's getting I've got a technician coming out tomorrow so I'll catch the rest of it but from what I've seen so far that uh, the tag title changed yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that match. That was. Have you seen it yet, Lyle?
4: Uh, I'm looking at you now. I've actually seen only night one, <laughs> but you know about it. Oh, of course. I knew about it as soon as the results came in. I think I texted you. The um, crowd
3: pops so hard. Yeah. Um, and Travis Banks, what a star!
4: Yeah, he is amazing. He's amazing. I've seen him in Progress MCW, and I watch him in the uh, Progress
2: shows. Well, yeah, he's up. He's right up there. With the tag teams, um, the WWE have trademarked the British Strong Style, so I think we're going to see hopefully a bit more of Mustache Mountain um, and Dunn working together. That's um, um, Andy Coyne was talking about the British scene, and I I think that's going to be a really exciting group to have, whether in XT or eventually WWE.
3: And I think um, what this second tournament's done, it's really filled out that, u uh, k roster so it was a little bit light on after the first series there's probably two or three guys that weren't quite you know quite there yet, not to say they're not going to be but um when you add in uh, they've added in you know a women's division uh including our own tony storm and they've added in people like travis banks it's really going to make sure that this division is equal to nXt i think
4: yeah, and, and Zach Gibson, he's a really good heel too.
3: I saw him wrestle yeah, the first time. I've seen Zach Gibson wrestle uh, with Defiant, the former what, culture pro wrestling. His character works really strong. I mean, I'm a Liverpool supporter, so obviously I can't work out where everyone's booing him.
4: You've always cheered the heels though. <laughs>
3: it's true. But yeah, his character works really strong, so I think he's going to add a lot, uh, especially with everyone cheering Pete Dunne now. He can fill that peak done roll. So the question, boys, off the back of this is, obviously WWE have been working
0: hard over the last couple of years in building up a, a high profile in the UK with their shows at Wembley and the like. We see now the WWE starting this show here in Australia in what has been described as the second biggest event to WrestleMania in regards to the number of superstars that are actually going to be on the one card or even similar to WrestleMania in, in some thoughts. Is there a chance that the WWE could be trying to establish that market here in Australia for a very similar expedition to what they're doing in the UK?
3: I don't know if Australia, um, I don't know if they'll do it in just Australia, but if they did one in the Asia-Pacific region, I think that would be, um, that would probably be a smart financial move because you've got China and you've got, which wrestling wrestling's exploding in China. People don't know, but it's really exploding. Japan's very strong. Uh, they'll uh, they'll always play second fiddle to New Japan there I think but definitely they love their wrestling and the Asia Pacific got New Zealand that's how you could probably run um, a division uh, they get criticised a little bit for their UK division that they're stockpiling talent but honestly as Andy was saying when you take away the top talent yeah. it does get filled because it gives people aspirations. And they will try to fill that role. They'll see it as more attainable, and you'll get more kids coming through.
4: Yeah, I, I think so. With so you got the UK NXT, and you know from what we look at is the Aussie independent scene. Maybe we're three, four, maybe five years behind the UK explosion. Uh, maybe fingers crossed, we have a NXT Australia or you know Asia Pacific, which would be amazing well, for our m- young talent.
0: My thoughts are that the WWE doesn't do this MCG show. It's just a one-off and never to do it again. I would think that they're trying to establish something here by doing it, and it's going to be a regular event.
3: It'll be interesting. It'll be a watch this space situation. I think it's still it would be a long way away because... If they fill it up, it won't be a watch this
0: space, next year is guaranteed if they fill it up this year.
3: Well, hopefully, because um, they're talking about that show uh, in the Middle East being in every year, that uh, Greatest Royal Rumble. Greatest Royal yep. Rumble, yep. So hopefully we can... That that can be something that we get as well.
4: Yeah. I think it's more the the fans have to push this one because the that Saudi Arabia one's more of a bought show from the sports minister, where this one is actually going to be fan driven. If they, oh, I
0: reckon you could be guaranteed there's a little bit of Victorian money going into oh, this. Oh no, definitely, yeah, but yeah, I mean, a as, lot.
4: as long as we we pack it out as fans, you get seventy thousand, know, then they've got a reason to come
2: back to break that record.
3: And everyone likes the MCG, like it's gonna be it's gonna be magic.
2: Yep, and it's honestly. a place to have it in Australia. I mean, it's a bit parochial, but Melbourne, we're, we're, we're attenders. And WWE, we're, we're, exactly.
3: yeah, yeah. WWE obviously got a lot more TV money to play with uh, in, for the next five years, so yep. hopefully they invest that in in the rest of the world. It would be nice.
0: All right, thoughts on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, boys? I thought Monday Night was actually
4: a pretty good show compared to recent yeah. weeks.
3: There was a great match going on. Uh, Ziggler versus... Uh, Seth? Seth Rollins. Fantastic. It was amazing. But I'm just picturing in the back, uh, they're having probably TV match of the year. And like Vince is thinking to himself, what a great match. You know what would make this even better? Let's send out the big dog. God damn it. Good impersonation
2: (laughs) as well. Not bad actually. No, not bad at all. um, Why? Why? About.
3: why would they send it out?
2: No. Uh, why would they send it out? Absolutely. It's 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 to um it's it's so rains. It's that classic, you know, getting hopefully he gets a bit of that gold off um or Rollins because Rollins is so um hot right now, basically so over that they're trying to get that it off to Roman Reigns. A bit
3: of Seth dust.
2: Yeah. Seth dust. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when they tried to sprinkle a bit of rock dust on him, the rock got booed. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think
3: Seth's
4: going to... I don't think, think so.
3: Think all all Roman does is bring down the person that... I don't think Seth is, could be brought down at the moment he's that no, hot. No, no, no. he's He's... Burn it down. He's as, he's, he's as white hot as anyone's been in he WWE... Is. Since the Yes movement, probably?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think so. And the only person that's probably um, been moved up, as you'd say, going alongside Roman, is Jinder. That's it. He got cheered for once.
3: Well, everyone... Yeah. Here's the thing. like Everyone who he goes against as a heel gets um, yeah. gets a babyface pop. The smartest thing they could do right now is put Lashley against him. Yeah. They want to get Lashley over as a babyface. If he feuds with Roman he'll get over as a babyface, yeah. at least for a couple of weeks.
4: Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was telling during that promo when Lashley is uh, getting the bigger pops, when he's actually putting Roman down, which is
3: weird. And obviously we've got Bailey and Sasha Banks have been told that they've got to do anger management training. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. And then today we saw the reuniting of Team Hell No. Yeah, Am so I sensing there might be a bit of Doctor Selby action next week?
2: Oh, it has to be. If it's not next week, it's got to be the. Oh, he's going to but... come back. Um, um. By the way, the inconsistency of the WWE again. Um. Last week, Ronda Rousey gets four weeks. This week, Bailey gets uh, anger management training. Braun Strowman, by the way, just uh, tipped over someone's car and was like, lol. That's all good. That's sexism. all good. Sexism. No, uh, no. Is it sexism? I reckon a little bit. It was a bit no, like looks... the AFLW. The, you know, like, one thing. The ladies, they
3: get told they're either suspended for a month or they get told to have a Bex so lie down.
2: The guys is like, oh, oh not being, to do that next She's week. being hysterical, but hey, bro's, Broad Strowman, what's a tipped car between employee, you know, colleagues?
0: <laughs> Anything <laughs> to do with cars on WWE has never been yeah. an issue. <laughs> they like, can run oh, people over inside the studios, no, not a problem.
4: Blow really. up someone's car, why not? Yeah, why not? Hey. yeah, you know, all those things. But we didn't see the video of the valet. He did have the keys before Strowman, so I'm going to back Strowman in that
2: he just laughed. He didn't do it. <laughs> That <laughs> was very quick, by the way, from Stroman yeah. to get there. I don't know how he's got an there, athlete. So he is. I am looking forward
3: quick. to Bailey and Sasha hugging it
0: out yep. though. <laughs> oh, uh, good. Time for Cafe Corner. This is uh, Jay's favorite segment. It is my it's favorite. It's his only
2: segment. It's, it's my only segment. Well, he but, loves uh, segments. But there are other, the yeah. Um, anyway, um, I am going to go with. Um, you know, whenever there's a there's a multi-person tag match and it's just randomly announced and they're not arguing the point, uh, why are heels automatically aligned with heels and faces automatically aligned with faces? Well, if the you're a face world, that's friends... friend's
3: yeah. But you'd expect it to be more random, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, but it's like, here is a match, you haven't argued tonight, this is just the start of the night, it's... Face, 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 heel, heel, heel. Yeah, they pull
0: four out of one dressing room and four out of another.
3: That's the way they do they it. Are they in the same?
2: That's where I'm. No, nah,
3: heels and faces are in
0: different no, rooms. They used to be, but uh, yeah.
2: where does Roman sit? Oh, no, he sits in the, in the middle. Toilet, does he sits
3: right? out in the corridor with Enzo.
2: <laughs> but do you, do you do like this official. <laughs> I have been told. I, I had another good club, uh, AFL club thing, and I've been told not to mention he was Enzo. Kicked Enzo into and the, he was
3: kicked into the hallway.
2: Yeah. So is this official fig? Do you do you sign a form? So when you turn heel, do you actually go at the end of the night and sign a stat deck, going, "I am now transitioning from a face to a heel"? Is there a tra- official transition? Well, it's like a trade period, isn't it? Well, no. It here's my
3: thing, though. Here's my thing. Sometimes you get a guy turn baby babyface, and then next week he's wrestling in one of these tag matches alongside his enemy of yeah, six years.
2: all good, all good. We well, you, you, know, you try to kill me a couple of times, a I, motor, but motor vehicles means it's okay.
3: Because I remember high school, and the teacher would just walk around going like, team one, team two, team one, team two, and that would be your teammates. Yeah. Or maybe they should have Kurt That's Angle exactly walking, Kurt walking Angle around does. with like just saying one two one two. I think Are we that all? Oh, expl-
2: oh, I think that'd explain more logic to what he actually does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we all know. Let's be honest in our, uh k world. Well, we we know uh, K-fab world. We know that it's all about the constable. The constable's clearly in power. So I think he is. Yeah,
4: yeah. I think he's doing well. Yeah. He's having his string pulled, but I think it's going somewhere. He's, he's finally integrity. he's finally
3: got a place on the show. Yeah, it's yeah. not
4: turn offable.
0: Yeah, all right. Time to focus on what's happening locally, boys. Uh, BCW Friday night, JXT on double duty. Slade Mercer on the show.
4: Yeah, that that uh, it should be interesting. I'm uh, thinking about going. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the fence. I haven't here.
3: asked permission yet, so I'm not. I can't say that yeah, I'm definitely going. Being
4: out all weekend last week for wrestling events, I am pushing it, but
0: uh, it is a card. on really
3: research. It's
4: research. See.
0: Research. That's right. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> uh, Warzone Saturday night, PCW Ignition on Saturday night.
3: Yeah, both should be really good shows. Um, Warzone's got a really good card. PCW Ignition, always a good show. Um, there's some other shows around the country yeah, as well. Yeah,
0: there certainly is. AWI in Queensland on Saturday night. Adrenaline Pro Wrestling in Cranbourne on Saturday. BYO Alcohol. I, that?
3: I just added that because, like, how good is BYO Alcohol? Yeah, I that's just that's, yeah, it's yeah, if you know, if that it can... wasn't in Cranbourne, I'd be there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't see how they could go awry at all. That's going to be great
0: wrestling co saturday uh at mariong in new south wales so there's plenty of promotions happening around at the moment and we're sort of throwing it out to you guys out there let us know if there is a show that you want promoted Uh, all you have to do is get onto our facebook or twitter pages let us know and we're more than happy to promote it each week Uh, that's what we're
3: trying to do is push australian wrestling that is the main reason we're doing this and um so that i can get champagne in the studio when I get a, a random interview.
2: Mainly to get ourselves over but yes, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about me getting myself over.
0: should also to mention too that if there's uh, anyone out there that would like to sponsor on the Turnbuckle, you're more than welcome to get your uh, company or business mentioned on our podcast each week and uh, we'd love to have a chat to
2: you oh, about it I that will
3: shill you. I will shill you mercilessly if you assist us in paying for this studio time.
2: I'll get a tattoo uh, stamp Whoa. somewhere. Oh, uh, Hang on. Uh, yeah. Please contact Only, us on our Facebook not, not page. Not on me. I'll stamp it on someone else that I care less about.
0: At On The Turnbuckle Australia is that Facebook page. Boys, it's been another great show. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Dermot Burden to join us next week to talk about
3: his love of wrestling. That should be a good, fun chat. Looking forward to it. I cannot wait for it. And uh, shout-out again to Andy Coyne for joining us. Great interview today. you sure that wasn't Barry Gibb? Because he just got knighted, like, during the week. I'm pretty sure it's not Barry Gibb. Sounded like He didn't sing, though. A little bit, Gary.
2: But
3: But Andy Coyne, um, he's a cracking guy as well. Get get along to any show he's commentating at and say hello. Tell him you heard him here. He's always good for a chat.
4: Even shows that he's forced to commentate at is still will. Still good listening.
3: Yes. All right, guys. Catch you next
0: week. This has been another episode of On the Turnbuckle wrapped up. Uh, we'll catch you again here on mypodcasthouse.com. Namaste.